You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. It's always nice to wake up the morning after a Sacramento Kings victory over the Los Angeles Lakers, regardless of who did play and who didn't. Buddy Heald has had two back-to-back really solid games, and last night he played arguably his best game of the season on a bad ankle. Marvin Bagley didn't get to play in the fourth quarter. I'm going to talk about that a little bit, but we're continuing to see him and De'Aaron Fox connecting for nice moments throughout the course of a game. I have audio from Corey Joseph, Marvin Bagley, Buddy Hield, and Luke Walton to play for you, including Buddy's explanation as to why he did not choose to defend his three-point shootout championship uh, in All-Star Weekend or All-Star Day, I guess, uh, in Atlanta. Plus, according to Shams of The Athletic, there are multiple teams very interested in Nemanja Bialica with the trade deadline approaching. We're going to talk about it all on this jam-packed episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this would be the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist. And yes... The Lakers were without LeBron James and Anthony Davis last night. Yes, they were also without the GOAT Alex Caruso in that game. But a Kings win over the Lakers is sweet. And I'm not putting an asterisk next to this win, but not for the reason that you would expect. Normally, that would be looking at the game through purple-colored glasses, right? Well, it doesn't matter if LeBron and AD didn't play. The Kings beat the Lakers, the Kings beat the defending champions, and context be damned. I actually tweeted something similar to that last night. As fun as that is to say, it's not the reality. We all know that had LeBron and AD, or just LeBron, or just AD, or maybe even just Alex Caruso played in that game, even Marcus Gasol, any one of those guys plays in that game last night, there is a very good chance the Kings don't win. And that leads to my main point as to why I will not put an asterisk next to this game. And it actually has kind of a pro-Laker vibe to it, so I apologize in advance But this Los Angeles Lakers group, who I saw Kings fans calling a G League team, a bunch of scrubs, I think someone called them a group of waiters at Denny's, that team gave the Kings all that they could handle last night, which is not surprising by any means to someone like me who's been around this team so long that I know that when a star is missing, typically the rotational players or bench players that don't get much playing time, they step up and make the most of their opportunity. They come into games with confidence knowing that they're taking on a team like the Sacramento Kings who's going to give them anything they could possibly want on the offensive end of the floor. So I don't put an asterisk next to this game because... The Kings are not in a position where they can say they should beat anybody. You've heard me talk about that on the Locked On Kings podcast many, many times. So any win to me is a good win for Sacramento. Did they have the better roster than the Lakers last night? Yes. Were they favorites on betonline.ag? Yes. But there is not a part of me that was going into last night's game saying the Kings should win this, especially against a defending champion, well-coached organization like the Lakers. 
Last night's Kings win was a good win because throughout this game for the Kings, good things happened. Now the continuation of their major problem was there once again. They gave up 120 points and we'll get the negative out of the way first because I mostly want to talk about positives from this Kings win. But defensively, look, we know how bad this Kings team is. They still gave up 120 points to a Los Angeles Lakers squad that was missing their two best scores. Doesn't matter. We know the Kings defensively are not a good team and NBA players, regardless of if they're stars or bench rotational pieces, they are going to get their buckets. They can get their buckets, and the Kings are certainly going to allow them to. So giving up 120 points, disappointing. What was also disappointing was De'Aaron Fox's overall play to me, especially on the defensive end of the floor. I see De'Aaron Fox just standing straight up way too much defensively. And it's not just him, but I looked at him a lot last night, and I saw it more from him last night than anybody else. We actually also saw it at the end of the Charlotte Hornets game where De'Aaron was standing straight up instead of trying to help on Malik Monk when he blew by Corey Joseph and got the game-winning and won. There was a play in the first half where the Lakers were in transition and three Kings defenders standing straight up, including De'Aaron Fox and Rashawn Holmes, went to attempt to stop the ball on the perimeter. I'm 100% okay with that. That's what you're supposed to do. Stop the ball first. Except all three of them were standing straight up. They were too clumped together. And I can't remember who was it that scored with the Lakers, but all he had to do was dribble to the right side, burst to the rim, and it was a wide open layup in the paint. Thinking back, I think it was Dennis Schroeder. Had the Kings been in an athletic ready position, at least one of them could have moved their feet to try and cut off that lane. But instead, they were standing straight up waiting because they thought they had already gotten the job done by stopping the ball on the perimeter. It looked like the Kings were expecting the Lakers to almost hold up now that the fast break was stopped, or so they thought. And instead, the Lakers get an easy two. I saw way too much standing up on defense, not in an athletic defensive position last night, especially from De'Aaron Fox, and that disappointed me. Also, I was disappointed by Fox's seven turnovers. I think four of them were unnecessary and unforced. Fox didn't look as focused and dialed in as we normally see him, and it took him a little bit too long to get going, in my opinion. That being said, in what I would call one of De'Aaron's worst games of the season... He still scored 23 points, shot 50% from the field, also finished with 8 assists and 3 steals. So if that's a bad game for De'Aaron Fox, you know what, we can live with it. That's the negative out of the way. Let's get to the positive, and it's all about Buddy Heald to me. Buddy Heald, who tweaked his ankle at the end of that disappointing loss against the Charlotte Hornets, a game that was really solid for Buddy, one of his best offensive games of the season in a season where he has been heavily struggling, especially shooting the ball. Had a good game against Charlotte, had it undermined by the collapse in the fourth quarter and the Hornets stealing the win. Comes back the very next game on a bad ankle. He played through ankle pain. Even tweaked his ankle again late in this game against the LA Lakers, but still played 42 minutes more than anybody else, scored 29 points, had 6 rebounds, and 6 assists. I've really had a hard time at any point this season being upset with Buddy Heald. I know he still has his significant weaknesses, but if you listen to me talk about Buddy Heald last season and over the offseason here on the Locked On Kings podcast, you knew that I was more critical of Buddy Heald than any player on this Kings roster. And that has completely changed for me. It's because we see games like this where he finally gets his shot going, which we know he can do on any given night. He scores 30 points against Charlotte, has 29 points last night. But on top of 
of that, the six rebounds and six assists, the fact that he was using that strong shooting performance. He really carried the team in the second quarter when they had a poor shooting first quarter and fell behind by 14 points. Buddy Heald was the guy that got the Kings back in this game. He started by hitting his outside shots. Then when defenses would close out on him, he'd move in for his mid-range game or look for his teammates. Buddy Heald has gotten significantly better, in my opinion, as an overall basketball player. To me, his basketball IQ has continued to go up. Now, defensively, he's still really bad, and when he's struggling to hit his shot, his value drops significantly. But last night's game, and even the Charlotte game, but especially last night's game, was a very positive reminder of how good Buddy Heald can be and why we believe that he could be such a great fit here in Sacramento. Now, one or two games is not going to be enough for me to change what I said a couple of weeks ago. I still think long-term, it just doesn't work. A Buddy Heald, De'Aaron Fox backcourt, even with Tyrese Halliburton not here, it just doesn't seem to work consistently enough for the Kings to try and commit as much money as they are to it long-term. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to move on from Buddy Heald, which I still think they should at this trade deadline if they can, but there are a lot of parts of that tandem that should work and just don't enough. But I was happy with Buddy Heald last night. He fought through that bum ankle. He loves the game of basketball, always wants to play, regardless of how he's feeling. He was the MVP for the Kings last night, by far. In fact, what do you say we make Buddy Heald this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week? I called Buddy Heald a toaster oven last night because when he gets hot, he gets red hot in a hurry. And despite him being a streaky player throughout the season, he always approaches games and approaches practice the same way. Buddy Heald is a gym rat. I would go as far as to say that there is not a player on this roster that works harder than Buddy Heald does, from my outside opinion. Of course, I'm not in practice consistently with these guys, but from what I know from Buddy, what I've seen from Buddy, he basically lives in that Kings practice facility. Basketball is his life. He plays the game with joy, happiness, and enjoyment, going all the way back to his time in the Bahamas. That's why you hear him talk a lot about how blessed he is and how happy he is to be just a kid from the Bahamas who made it big through the game that he loves. Because like Michelob Ultra, the journey is only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. And the joy that Buddy Heald plays with creates success. Michelob Ultra, 2.6 carbs and 95 calories per drink. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked on Podcast Network. If you're looking to gamble on sporting events and more, BetOnline is the place for you. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA, NFL, college sports, NHL, MLB, USL, MLS, European soccer. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, and the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Tonight, you can bet on the Kings and Blazers, although you won't be surprised on the second night of a back-to-back. Sacramento, not favored in this game. They are four-and-a-half-point underdogs. Me personally, I think I'd take Portland minus four and a half tonight if I'm going to make some money, but whether it's the Kings game, any of these NBA games tonight, and plenty more, you can make some money on betonline.ag. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. Get off the sidelines, get in on the action, make some money on BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
Before I play for you some of the audio last night after the game, I do want to talk a little bit about Marvin Bagley, who finished with 14 points and 5 rebounds in 29 minutes. Not his most impressive stat line. Struggled again defensively in certain areas. Also had some positive moments defensively, I thought. The Kings were eaten alive by Montrez Harrell, which happens every single time they play him, whether he's playing for the Lakers or the Clippers. Doesn't matter. Montrez Harrell always has his way against the Sacramento Kings. Just add him to the long list of Kings killers over the years. But I personally feel that Marvin Bagley needs to be on the floor more, especially in the fourth quarter. Now, the Kings elected to go with Nemanja Bialica over Marvin, and I understand why for spacing purposes, but I will say I'm a bit disappointed by it because I know, I know Luke Walton is coaching for every single win. In fact, you're going to hear him in just a second talk about how he believes a big part of the development process is continuing to try to win games, is to play to win on a nightly basis, even if that means less minutes for those players who are developing. I get that philosophy and approach from Luke Walton, but if I'm the Sacramento Kings, I want to maximize every opportunity I can to get Marvin Bagley these important minutes, especially in what we all believe to overall be a lost season. That sounds more doom and gloom than it is, but the likelihood of the Kings making the playoffs is extremely low, and even if they sneak their way into the play-in tournament, going through three other teams to try and get the 7th or the 8th seed, let's be realistic here. I know Monty McNair comes from the Houston Rockets system where Monty was kind of that bridge between the front office and the coaching staff. He had a great relationship with Mike D'Antoni and that Rockets staff. He worked closely with them to share what the front office wanted to do, but make sure that he and the front office weren't overstepping their bounds and really taking all the power from the head coach. And that's a dynamic that we've seen the Kings struggle with in the past. I personally would like Monty McNair to get in the ear of Luke Walton and encourage him to give Marvin Bagley more of these minutes and more of these opportunities if it's there for him, even at the potential cost of wins. But I say that knowing that's a very difficult thing to ask a coach who knows that every single win could be the difference between keeping or losing his job. McNair knows that dynamic way better than I do, but I personally would like to see Marvin Bagley getting more of those minutes and in that spot more. Let's hear from Coach Walton and some of the players after last night's win. We'll start with Walton, who talked a little bit about how these final two games, especially being a back-to-back right before the All-Star break, how these are the dog days of the NBA regular season. You know, they, they showed grit again. Uh, you know, it's look. This is this is right now, and I can tell you as a former player, when you're a, a day or two away from All Star, whether you're on a, a you know a, a playoff team or not, um, you know these are the dog days of the NBA. It's hard. Uh, it's hard, especially this season with the amount of games and the amount of time, and and you know everyone's banged up and all the different you know stuff that's going into it, from isolation to quarantines. Uh, it's tough right now. Uh, and I, I thought our guys, like you said, Jason, they, they showed grit tonight and they, you know, they fought through coming, coming off a really hard loss two days ago. They, they fought through and found a way uh, to not, not always, it wasn't always pretty, but found a way to win a, a hard fought game. You might have heard me talk a lot about the Kings organization needing to change their culture that goes beyond coach, owner, front office and player. The culture of losing that has been in Sacramento for far too long needs to change. And Luke Walton talks about establishing his culture, how he's worked to do that over the last season and a half. It starts with the the culture that we're you know we're we're working to continue to put in place here a culture of uh, of openness and, and 
and togetherness. Um, you know, we, we, we're not, uh, you know, we, we've been very clear that we're all in this together and we know what we're trying to get and we know we have to develop young players to get there. Um, but to me, a huge part of development is playing to win and not just playing big minutes, uh, no matter what's going on. So the, the balancing of that, Sam, is, is always challenging. Um, but if you're able to take a step back, it's also very exciting, uh, even though it can be painful at times to see, you know, you look at guys like De'Aaron and his age and Tyrese and his age and Marvin and his age. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's exciting to see where this thing can go as long as we continue to build the right habits, as long as we continue to stay together uh, and continue to work hard. And that's always been the recipe to success for me. I actually really like this audio clip from Luke Walton because it makes it clear that he is aware of what the problem has been and still is for this organization over this entire playoff drought. Now, he's not on the hook for most of it just the last year and a half or so, and what he's really been trying to do is emphasize development but do so in a way that is not so future-focused so that players understand their importance and their possibilities for success that they have today and tomorrow. Now, has that approach always worked out? Not entirely. And like I talked about with Marvin Bagley just a few minutes ago, sometimes I would like him to take a more futuristic approach and sacrifice today and tomorrow by giving Bagley more of those minutes at potentially the cost of a win. Whether I disagree with Luke or not, I enjoyed that answer from him. Coach Walton was also asked about managing the ups and downs, the frustrations of this season, how he is able to stay even keel through it all. Uh, Well, it's my job. Uh, it's my job. If I'm frustrated or angry, um, for the most part, you know, it's my job to, to stay even keel. I think that as a player, I always respected my coaches who did that. And it, it, um, it's something I keep in mind as I try to coach. And, and there's obviously times where I, I, I lose it. Um, uh, but for the most part, I feel like when, when, every, when, when you look over and your, your, co- your coach is calm or your best player is calm, uh, as you know, it, it just naturally calms the nerves of the other people that are on the court. So, um, it's, you know, it's something I, I, I try to keep in mind, and it, it's something that, um, you know, understanding where we're trying to get to as a group, that patience is going to be an important thing. Um, so, it, it's it has been way more up and down than we would have liked. But I'll tell you what, when we we have a healthy group and. Uh, our guys are, you know, in that rotation we've been in. I, I feel like we're doing some really good things, and and we, and the future is going to be really exciting for this group. And finally, here's Coach Walton on the big game for Buddy Heal. Buddy's one of those guys I, that you know he's going to play through anything that he can play through. He loves to play. Uh, you know, he loves. He'll stay for hours after practice and just he doesn't want anyone rebounding for him. He just wants music on. He loves playing basketball and. and uh, I, I agree. Obviously, if he's going to play like this, then especially, you know, get hopefully we get Tyrese back, then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be, uh, you know, hopefully getting back to where we were playing like earlier this year. Uh, but for him to have six assists, six rebounds, zero turnovers, um, that's that's, you know, that's really helpful for our chances to try to win a game. And uh, again, you know, when they got off to an early start, I thought Buddy was the one that kind of put the team on his back and got us back into that game tonight. So he he was he was doing it on both ends tonight and uh, and and doing it, you know, smart, you know, as far as, um, you know, 
taking care of the ball, getting off it when he should get off it and shoot when he should shoot. Let's hear from Buddy Heald now. First, he explains his decision not to go to Atlanta to compete in the All-Star three-point shootout, which, of course, he won last year. Just, just wasn't in the mood to go on this year, man. I'm not going to lie to you. With the COVID and everything going on, I think that the, the All-Star stash, I think they have a really good feel there already, you know, and uh, I think it's, I can spend time with my family, and uh, hopefully next year I get an opportunity to go to cover crackhead again. Uh, when uh, hopefully and then we're not under COVID rules and where we can do stuff. And uh, I'm just tired of being locked in on the rules and stuff like that. I'm, I'm too unruly. One of my favorite things about Buddy Heald is he speaks his mind. He says what he feels. He says what he thinks. Yes, that's gotten him into trouble in the past. But at times like this, it's awesome for him to say, look, I'm not too comfortable with everything COVID-19 wise. I'm not really feeling like going to Atlanta right now. I'd rather stay at home rest up, recover from this ankle injury that I'm dealing with, and spend more time with my family and my daughter. I love that from Buddy Heald. I also love that he admits that he's a bit too unruly at the end, which, of course, the media had a little bit of fun with. I'm not going to play that for you. But Buddy recognizing that part of All-Star Weekend is the festivities, being a part of all that, and going to Atlanta, where there are undoubtedly going to be temptations despite the festivities being significantly less this year, it just provides good insight into who Buddy Heald is as a human being. I also love this next clip from Buddy, where he talks about this team playing with their backs against the wall. And he talks openly about how jobs rely on this team turning things around and figuring things out. Our backs against the wall, man. And, uh, you know, you, you guess, you get, at some point, you, gotta, you have to um, t- um, take this thing seriously, you know, that... Uh, People, um, jobs on the line. You know, everybody's fighting for something, and uh, and uh, we want to go there and win. And uh, in this league, only thing that matters is winning. And uh, we are there just trying to win and uh, get ourselves back in contention. Uh, in contention because uh, we trickle off a lot of games, and uh, we just need to get our swagger back. And uh, you know, going into tomorrow is a good example. Another another great team. You know. Uh, we got to find a way to win, and that's all we'll find a way to win, and that's all it takes, no matter who scores, no matter who. Do all the, we have to do all the little things to make us win, and uh, we just got to go out there and fight and communicate and uh, play Kings basketball. We haven't heard from Corey Joseph in a while. He had a nice game last night off the bench. By the way, the Kings only had an eight-man rotation, and one of those eight men, Daquan Jeffries, only played like six or seven minutes, so really it was seven guys carrying a load of the minutes. We'll see what kind of impact that has on the Kings tonight when they take on the Blazers. But Corey Joseph had a nice game. Now he also got beat up in this game. In the first half, he took an elbow to the side of the head, trying to fight through a screen, and late in the game, he was tripped up inadvertently by Montrez Harrell, And while falling to the floor, he was kicked in the side of the head. But he kept getting up. He kept fighting through it. I tweeted out he went basically through an MMA or UFC fight last night. And he talked about how his head specifically was feeling after taking that shot. Uh, My head's fine. I got a hard head since a kid, so I'll be all right. Uh, That's probably that road hockey growing up. (laughs) But uh, we needed that win, yeah. Uh, After the last game uh, with the mental, you know, collapses we had uh, at the end of the game, uh, I felt like we did a good job throughout the full 48 minutes of staying mentally locked in. Uh, they're a tough team, you know, championship caliber team, as we all know. Uh, no matter who's out the game, it's next man out for them mentality. Uh, a lot of veterans over there, so it was a good win for them. Here's Kojo talking about the play of Buddy Heald. Uh, he's a warrior. He's a warrior. Uh, as everybody see, he went down uh, last game. You know, that was a real, you know, uh, uh, tough, you know, ankle sprain that he had. 
you know, he, he, he spent the last couple of days just, you know, uh, rehabbing, getting it, getting it ready for prepared for today. Uh, you know, I'm sure it was pretty sore, but, you know, he knows that, you know, we're down already, uh, you know, in the situation that we're in. And, he, you know, he laid it all on the line for us today. Uh, so, he, you know, I could just can't, you know, that just goes to show you the type of character and uh, he is. Uh, he's a warrior, uh, you know, and he, he, he's big for us. Finally, let's hear from Marvin Bagley. First, Bagley answered a question about how he sees himself fitting long-term with this King's young core. Bagley, like he often does, took the tactical approach to his answer. Oh, uh, man, I'm, I'm taking it one day at a time, man. Um, it's kind of hard to look at the future. You don't know, you know, you don't know what can happen in the future. Um, like I said, when I step out on the court with this, with this group of guys that we have um, now, I'll try to do my best and, uh, you know, just give it everything I have so we can, so we can try to win. Um, and that's, that's my goal every time I step out there and uh, every time I, you know, put this uniform on. So um, I just leave the future to God and, um, you know, I just take it day by day and, uh Pray that I, that I make it to the next day. And when I do, I thank God and, you know, the cycle continues. I might start calling him Marvin No Commitment Bagley because that seems to be his approach to all his answers. But, hey, that's just the kind of guy he is, and I recognize why he does it. The final clip I have for you is Marvin talking about how the locker room, the players have always stayed together. Now, he was also asked about his opinions on the team continuing to support and follow Luke Walton and this coaching staff, which he conveniently left out. Oh yeah, the players we stayed together, man. We uh, no matter what happened, you know, in, in the locker room, like I said, you know, we all we all want to win. But if we're not winning, we we all staying together. We all talking about how we can get better and uh, figuring it out um, as a team. So, um, you know, that's that's a big thing for us. Uh, you know, I think I think the guys we have a good group of guys here, and uh, you know, we just we just talk about things and and figure out things together. Now, you can read into that answer what you want. I will just say from my personal experience with Marvin Bagley and trying to ask Marvin Bagley questions about the coaching staff, even if it wasn't even about the head coach. I remember Bagley's rookie season. I asked him about the assistant coaches that were working with him and how they've helped his game. And Bagley just doesn't talk about coaches. He only really talks about himself, the players, and what he can control. So don't read too far into that. To me, this is not him saying that he does not follow Luke Walton despite what his dad might be tweeting on social media. This is not him saying that the players are not supporting Luke Walton and are only supporting each other. At least that is my experienced interpretation based on how Marvin Bagley speaks with the media. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models, Pacifica, XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I don't even know what that means. And why wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand that his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com 
is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. You can get the exact parts that you need at the click of a button. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Kings take on the Portland Trail Blazers tonight. Depending upon when you're listening to this, the game might have already happened or might have already started, so I'm not going to go too in-depth with my preview of this game. I will say there are three or four main things that I'm looking for tonight. One is more Fox and Bagley connections, which we've been seeing more over the last couple of weeks. The continued confidence of Buddy Heald shooting the basketball. I want to see continued impactful Harrison Barnes for no other reason than to help increase his trade value even more than what it already is. And finally, I need to see the bench more involved or continuing to be as involved as they were last night on the second night of a back-to-back. Now, it's a lot to ask this bench to be impactful, especially when Tyrese Halliburton is not playing. But the Kings are going to need these guys to step up tonight if they want to have a chance at winning. Before we wrap up today's podcast, though, let me tell you about the uh, latest rumors involving the Sacramento Kings and their approach to the trade deadline. According to Shams from The Athletic, Kings forwards Harrison Barnes and Nemanja Bjelica will receive interest from suitors. According to Shams, the 76ers, the Miami Heat, the Golden State Warriors, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Boston Celtics are all among the teams that have shown interest in Bjelica specifically. What is Bjelica's peak value? It's hard to answer that question. Maybe a late first rounder at absolute best, but that seems like you're asking for a ton Maybe some second rounders, maybe a second rounder and a decent young rotational piece. I don't know what the Kings get for Nemanja Bialica, but we know there is interest. And I don't think it's too hot of a take to say Bialica will not be a Sacramento King after the March 25th deadline. I've been debating with myself whether or not to do this, but I love this Locked On Kings community that we've built. I love all these listeners, the interaction uh, that I get with you all. Uh, So this is pretty important to me. I have a favor to ask of you. I always encourage listeners to go onto Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave a review of Locked on Kings. Of course, I would love for it to be five stars, but I want it to be accurate. And I even ask for those who give low reviews, one star, two star, three star reviews, to share why. Share your constructive criticism. What can we do to improve as a podcast? Believe me, I read that. The Locked on Podcast Network uh, reads that. We know we have a long way to go uh, to be a absolute perfect podcast. So we're always looking for that constructive criticism to get better. And we, of course, always appreciate the five-star reviews, the positive words, the nice things that many of you have to say there on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. However, as is true and common with the internet, sometimes you get anonymous, inaccurate reviews created to either attack the credibility of the show or just outright encourage people not to listen. Unfortunately, we're dealing with a review like that right now. You can go and look at the review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts if you really want to. It's nothing horrible, nothing super offensive, but it is misleading, making claims that I intentionally insult Kings fans who disagree with me, amongst other things. Now, in the grand scheme of things, it's just one review. It's not a huge deal. It's not dragging down our ratings. It's not costing sponsorships or anything like that. But I personally 
don't like the idea, of course, of having a potential listener who could be a part of this great community seeing that and choosing not to tune in. So my request is simple. If you haven't left a review, please do so. It does not have to be five stars. It could be an honest, straight review. Leave those. Or if you, for some reason, agree with this perspective that's been on there, do me a favor and send me an email. mgeorge at SACLocalMedia. Share with me why you feel that way. And if you're listening, guy or girl who left that review, email me. Talk to me about it. I'd love to know what I said or what we've done here on the Locked on Kings podcast that makes you feel that way because that's not what this is about. Locked on Kings has never been about one person, Matt George, sitting on a pedestal talking down to a bunch of Kings fans. I feel strongly about my opinions. I know you all do too. It's all based off of a passion for a frustrating franchise that has not seen the playoffs through the majority of my lifetime. That being said, we pride ourselves here at Locked on Kings and the Locked on Kings podcast of building a community that is encouraging, that is enjoyable, and that connects people. I've been so happy to be able to speak with people all over the world, Australia, the United Kingdom, Brazil, and South America, all over Europe, Asia too. Being able to connect with people, Kings fans around the world that I would never have the opportunity to speak to if it weren't for this Locked on Kings podcast, that's important to me. And I'd hate to lose that opportunity because of a false review like this one. So if you could leave a review, that would be awesome. I would really appreciate it. I would also, of course, appreciate you continuing to listen to the Locked on Kings podcast. So please, on tomorrow's episode, as we will recap, hopefully a Kings win over the Portland Trailblazers, whatever happens, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Plus more great Kings content for you. Please join me for that. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, and I will talk to you soon. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Kings. Your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.